0: Welcome to the Studying Podcast. This is episode 199. Today is August 11th, 2016. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. While I'm recovering slowly from my summer cold, I'm still extremely congested, and this thing's lingering a lot longer than I wanted it to. Uh, but you don't care about that. Hey, let's get on to business here. Today, we're gonna to talk about an article that recently appeared in Bloomberg News about the status of Americans' net worth. This is prompted not only by the article, but also by the conversations I've been having with people lately and the emails I've been receiving from people. But before I get to that, I do want to remember to tell you that, you know, at the end of the month, we're coming up on Labor Day. Now, generally around Labor Day, I usually have one or several episodes that are dedicated to um, your career, starting a new job, earning more money, starting your own company, things like that. If you'd like to see me do that again this year, then go ahead and let me know over at Wellsteading.com if you want to give me some suggestions about what you'd like to hear. You know, if I get interest, I will put together those episodes. If no one cares, hey, you can go back and listen to the stuff that was done, uh, you know, in years past. But I don't think that we've done a career-based show lately, and I think it's probably time we review that subject. So do let me know what you want to hear. Now, as far as this Bloomberg article, it says that 14% of households have a negative net worth. That means that they owe more in debt than they have in assets. Now, I don't know if I'm reading the article properly or if I have the right interpretation of it, but they also mention in the article that about 15% of people are living below the poverty line, and they seem to segregate that from the 14% of people that have a negative net worth. So if I'm interpreting that correctly... That means that nearly 30% of the population is either broke and or poor. And I think I'm interpreting those numbers correctly because if you look at the amount of people they list, um, the combined poor people with the people with negative net worth would be right around uh, 100 million people, just shy of 100 million people. And if you assume there's about 320 million people in the U.S., 30% of that, yeah, that comes out to about 100 million. So they're including, obviously, adults and children in this figure. To get to 100 million, it's probably in the neighborhood, I would imagine, of maybe 25 or maybe 30 million households. But regardless of the fact of how they actually calculate this, I just want to run down the profiles that they talk about and how indebted people are. So according to the Bloomberg article... They say that people with negative net worth, this would be people that owe more in debt than they own in real assets, that that person would be an average age of 43 years old that have an income of $39,000 and 43% of them would have a college degree. Now that's a lot older than I expected. I would have thought more like maybe 35 years old. But they're claiming you know people that are 43 years old making about $40,000 in income, and roughly, you know, 40, 43% of them have college degrees. And so at that age, that would mean that this typical person that has a negative net worth has probably been working for about 20 years, and they have nothing saved up, and they're only about 25 years from retirement. So that's obviously not a good situation. Another bad fact that we learn about these people is that the majority of that debt is not associated with a mortgage or home ownership. Of that group that has a negative net worth, only 19% of them have a mortgage. So that means the vast majority, over 80% of them, are renters. And so that major amount of debt that they have consists primarily of credit card debt and student loan debt. Now I think you can extrapolate from that number the reason that we see such low numbers in overall um, housing ownership and household formation. I don't think it's because people don't want to own a home. I think it's because most people are saddled with so much debt, they just can't qualify for a mortgage. And even if they could, the cost of owning a home would take up 30, 35, maybe 40% of their take-home pay. And they're already living paycheck to paycheck, just trying to cover the rent. So this large burden of unsecured debt, credit card debt, student loan debt, that's all dead money. It's not an investment in an appreciating asset like a house in a good neighborhood would be, nor is it even something that's you know tangible that they could sell. You know, If you have student loan debt, it's not like you can take your degree and go down to the pawn shop and hawk it. It's just dead money. And since the average income of these people at age 40 is only $39,000, I think it's fairly obvious that the college degrees that they have, remember 43% of them have a college degree, well, they apparently aren't getting very much bang for their buck there. I doubt that these are a lot of medical students. This Bloomberg article goes on to, to break down the people with a negative net worth into three categories. And they're pretty much split up about 30% apiece, so they're they're equal in numbers. So about a third of these people have debt of at least $12,500. Most of that's credit card debt. The middle third owes between $12,500 and $47,500. So the people in that middle 30% category, many of them not only have negative debt, but their debt exceeds their annual income. And then the final third, they obviously have debt in excess of $47,500. Now, a lot of that debt is dominated by student loans, and I'm sure a portion of that would be for professionals that are getting advanced degrees. But according to the statistic, not many of them. Because the article mentioned that about 12% of people with negative net worth have a graduate degree. So 12 a 12.5%, that would account for approximately half of that 30% of that, that last group that owed you know, in excess of basically $50,000. So here's some points that I wanted to, to sift out of this article. As I mentioned before, you pretty much have about 30% of the population that's either living below the poverty line or have negative net worth. So essentially, they're either poor or broke. And in probably half or more of those people that have a negative net worth, they owe upwards of a year's pay or more in pretty much unsecured debt, things like credit card debt or student loan debt, which aren't appreciating assets. This is bad news for people in this situation because they're finding themselves in their 40s being in the workforce for two decades and only being you know a couple decades away from retirement, and they have no assets. Now, from an overall you know, macroeconomic standpoint, the economy is still chugging along. I mean, we are barely growing. If you look at the, the latest uh, real GDP report that came out for the first half of the year, the economy is growing at about 1%. But what's really keeping things afloat at this point is that these people are paying their rent, and so that's keeping real estate prices up. And then a real positive thing for the banks is that although these people are so heavily indebted with credit card debt, they're at least making their payments. In fact, the delinquency rate on credit card debt has fallen to the lowest levels that we've seen since the boom days of the dot-com bubble back in 1999. So that's really good news for the banks and for the general economy. Although these people are getting by and they're living paycheck to paycheck, they're paying their rent and they're paying their credit card debt. Now, if we have some kind of shock to the system, think back to around 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit and gas prices on the East Coast, particularly in the Southeast. Oh, I don't know. I think they shot up to something like $4 a gallon just overnight because of the refineries and the pipelines that were scuttled during Hurricane Katrina. That was a major shock to the system. And back then, people that were living paycheck to paycheck, That's when they started to default on their credit card bills, they started to default on their mortgages, and then it was just a couple, two and a half years later that we hit the full brunt of the housing bubble and the economy blowing up. So with real GDP growth for the first half of this year at only about 1%, and you can argue that number, there's some questions as to how much a drawdown in inventories had to do with that number, and you can argue that maybe we're actually at 2%, but either way... 2% GDP growth is not stellar. And we have a large percentage of our population that are living paycheck to paycheck. So any little ripple in the system could cause people to go into default. The other thing that was striking about this Bloomberg article, and it wasn't something they dwelt on, but as I looked at that and I read the numbers, they put a big emphasis on the people with the negative net worth. But what really surprised me and what I find even more alarming and depressing is the statistics or the profile of people with a positive net worth. According to this article, people with a positive net worth, an average profile for that person, they would be 51 years old, that have an income of $80,000, and 45% of them would have a college degree. Now remember, the people with a negative net worth, 43% of those people had a college degree. So based on these statistics, you can almost look at that and say, well, whether you have a college degree or not is almost not relevant to whether you have a net worth or how much income you earn. The people with a positive net worth, only a a small percentage more had a college degree, but they're making twice as much as the people with a negative net worth. But again, what's really troubling to me, when I look at this group with a positive net worth, their average age is 51 years old. These people are just you know, 15, less than 15 years away from retirement, their average income is $80,000. That's about 60% more than the average household. And so what comes to mind when I see that statistic is, I wonder why this group is so old. I would expect the average age for someone that was making $80,000 and had a positive net worth, I mean, I would think that they should be 40 years old. But I don't doubt these numbers, and in fact, these numbers are probably better than what I would expect based on people that I've talked to over the last couple of years. It isn't unusual for me to, to talk to someone that's making, you know, eighty, a hundred, or, or more than a hundred thousand dollars a year, and they don't have a thousand dollars saved up. They're living paycheck to paycheck. They have absolutely no emergency fund money, and if something goes wrong, like they get laid off or they have a medical emergency and there's a lot of, you know, medical premium, medical insurance premiums, or if their car breaks down, or if, you know, they get into a separation or a divorce with their wife or their spouse. Well, if any one of these little catastrophes occur, there's no cash reserves to pay for it. And so the bill goes immediately to the credit card. And before they know it, they've racked up twenty or $30,000 in credit card debt. And then once that occurs, You're in a debt-death spiral. You can't put any money away for an emergency fund. You can't save for your retirement. You get further in the hole. And then when the next emergency comes, and they always do, right, there's always going to be a problem. Your health is going to deteriorate. You're going to lose your job. A recession will come and you might lose whatever money or a portion of the money you have in your 401k plan, if you have any at all, or you owe more in your mortgage than your house is worth. And then when you need to move to go get a new job, you won't be able to relocate because you can't unload the house. And so the debt issues just grow and grow and grow. And like I say, it's a, it's a debt-death spiral. The problem is there's no quick fix. I mean, the solution is a very easy one but it's very difficult to implement for most people. And that's that you have to either earn more or spend less. And preferably you do both. But people get stuck in dead-end jobs and they don't know how to market themselves to make more money. And then when it comes to constraining their their way of life, they just can't stop spending. Debt is really a plague on our nation. It robs you of your freedom. If you haven't listened to my previous episodes where I talk about debt is slavery, you should go back and do that. There's several versions of them out there. I think the most recent one I did was entitled 50 Shades of Debt. It's worth a listen to. But here's the bottom line. Like I said, there's an easy solution, but it's hard to implement. And if you find yourself getting caught up in that death spiral, you need to buckle down and figure out how you're going to work on that wealth equation. How are you going to get your income up? And how are you going to reduce your expenses? The longer you take to get a handle on it, the harder and harder it'll be to correct the problem. The good news, though, is that it can be done. If you don't think so, go listen to a show like Dave Ramsey. You'll hear people call in on every show and talk about how they paid off their bills and how they overcame their debt. And again, I know it can happen because I've seen other people do it. Fortunately, I've never been in that situation. I was raised in a home where we had a culture of not spending more money than we had. In fact, we always lived well below our means. That's something that was ingrained in me as a, as a little kid, and I've lived my life that way. In fact, I really can't even think of a time when I had a negative net worth. When I was a kid working part-time jobs in high school, when I was in the military, when I was a college student, I always had money in the bank. I was always working and earning an income, and I never spent more than I made. When I went into debt to buy a home or to, I had a mortgage on a home, the mortgage was always less than the market value of the home because I always put at least, you know, a very minimum of 20% down when I bought a home and had a mortgage. And that doesn't mean that I got lucky and I had a big income. What it means is when I had a small income, I either rented or I bought a proportionately small home. I didn't get the biggest house that I could qualify for a mortgage. I got the house that would fit my needs and that I could afford to put at least 20% down on. So I didn't always live in the biggest house or the prettiest house or the best neighborhood. But that kind of frugal lifestyle has paid dividends for me. And it'll pay dividends for you too. And this message really needs to go out to the younger community. You know, if you're already saddled with debt and you're 50 or 60 years old, you got a tough road to hoe and there's not much you can do about it. You just got to really buckle down. But if you're younger... If you're still in high school, or still in college, or just a young adult that's starting your working career, well, you can do something about it. Don't let yourself get saddled down with a lot of unproductive student loans. Don't buy things that you can't afford or that you don't have cash to pay for. Trust an old man on this. If you're frugal with your money now, when you're young, and you learn how to make that money work for you, then you'll find that you can have an amazing and fulfilling lifestyle. You may not have everything you want, but you'll have a great deal of freedom. And let me tell you, that's one of the best things that money can buy. And again, the positive note on this is, I know you can do it. You know, I was just uh, got a, a text message a, a week or so ago from one of my clients. In fact, let me give a shout out to my friend Jeff. Now, Jeff is someone that got a little bit overextended. He's a small business owner. And he might have bit off a little more than they can chew over the years with personal expenditures and, and you know business expenditures, but he buckled down and over the last year and a half he's paid off a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Think about that: eighteen months, one hundred k. Now he was able to do that again because he he's a, a a business owner, he's self-employed. He was able to work a little harder, work smarter, and allocate his resources and his cash flow to pay off that previous debt that's amazing you know congratulations Jeff Now you may not own your own company and you may not have that kind of cash flow or those resources to work with but you probably also don't have that degree of debt so focus on what you have figure out how to get a better job or make extra money or get some overtime but you got to attack that debt because it doesn't go away okay I'm not going to preach anymore and I want you to know that my message isn't one of criticism, but of encouragement. You have the capability to get out of debt. So go out and make it happen. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. I've got a stack of listener questions that I need to get to. Now that I'm getting over this cold and my voice is more reliable, I'll try to get some more content out. So thanks for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. So until then, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns.